Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Monday, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? This is Bickley and Murata Mornings. We are two weeks away from the Super Bowl. The long wait has begun, but we do have a game, Vinny. We do have a couple of competitors who are coming to Glendale. Oh, the matchup on paper? Fantastic. And as many people pointed out on Twitter last night, whoever wins the Super Bowl will have more wins at State Farm Stadium this season than the Arizona Cardinals. Twice as many. (laughs) Twice as many. Two to one. (laughs) That is such a depressing fact, but it's it's such a perfect snapshot of where we are right now. Listen, if if you were going to zoom out to the beginning of the season, the Cardinals had this opportunity to actually become the third consecutive team to host and play in their own Super Bowl. Uh, So by failing to do that, that's failure in and of itself because it's actually a trend right two times in a row right you so it's if there was 54 years of it never happening yeah so there was a level of expectation and hope for it might for that to might happen so for the cardinals not to be there represents some failure uh to begin with but that stat is like the crowning achievement that stat right there is like the crowning <laughs> lack of achievement of the Arizona Cardinals last year. Mm-hmm. That the Super Bowl winner will have two wins in State Farm Stadium, doubling the amount the Cardinals put on the field. There. Let's let's be fair. Let's be honest. Any other team that made the Super Bowl could have at least tied the amount well, of wins. Well, that is true. <laughs> that is true. That's true, too. But just the fact that it's two teams that have already won games at State yeah. Farm this year. It, it hits a little and different. Sad, sad. One game at State Farm before everything went haywire injury-wise, too. That was the opening game against Kansas City, which was, you know, windshield against a bug. Bug against windshield. And then the yeah. Eagles game, all the began. Cardinals actually had a chance to send that to overtime, if not for, uh, you know, a, a kick that went yeah. wide right. Uh, yesterday's games, we're going to get into later, whether or not you believe um, or whether you are a fan of either side Yesterday's games was one of those reminders. The good thing about not having good sports teams is you don't have to worry about getting hosed by officials on big platforms. We've been there. We've done that with the Suns many times. It's not fun. The closer you get, the more you care, the more that little stuff bothers you. It's yeah. one of the it's one of the little fringe benefits to having a dog breath sports town. It I mean I appreciate your way of looking at it. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I, I subscribe I'd, to it. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather take the the officiating pain in a big game. 
than have like four months of. Oh, I don't. Yeah. 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 Bix, Bix finding the silver lining where he can. Yeah. And I respect That's that. what I do. I'm, I'm a silver linings kind totally. of guy. Totally. We all know that. Big optimist. Me, me yeah. too. We all know that. We are all, we are all just sunshine and. Last three quarters full of Murata. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, how's everyone doing before we get going here? Anybody got anything to say? Confess? I, uh, not confess. I, I've got a television recommendation. I'm way late to the party on this, but I binge watched season one of Only Murders in the Building. Oh. With Martin Short and Steve Martin. I've been telling you about that for I, months. I know. I finally got around to watching it. I couldn't stop. Very enjoyable, right? It's very entertaining. It's fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. I'll have to take a look. Okay. Yeah. All right. Other than that, I really didn't do much this week. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Farron, start the show. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yes, as Vic stated, the matchup is set for Super Bowl 57 at State Farm Stadium 13 days from now. Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs. Philadelphia punched its ticket with a 31-7 win over the San Francisco 49ers at Lincoln Financial Field in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles used their punishing running game to fuel the win. They ran for 141 yards and a combined four touchdowns. The game swung very early when uh, Philadelphia's Hassan Reddick strip-sacked San Francisco's Brock Purdy on the first possession of the game. Purdy went to the sideline with an elbow injury, was replaced by fourth stringer Josh Johnson, who was ineffective before he left with concussion symptoms. Purdy returned out of emergency, but couldn't throw the ball, and that's problematic for a quarterback. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was that a was very the, lackluster NFC championship. That was game. The, that had to be the most painful way to end a very cruel season for the 49ers, to cycle through all those quarterbacks, to land on Mister Irrelevant and think you hit the gold mine, and then to lose him, and then to lose your fourth stringer as well. Yeah, that's uh, it's, that's a bad break. And how about Hassan Reddick just blowing up that football game? Yeah, I mean San Francisco's uh, you know strategy early maybe to try to block him with a backup tight end was not the best. I I don't was, know. Was that actually a strategy? That's <laughs> what they tried. I don't know if that was what they wanted to do going in. I think it's interesting. It was cruelly ironic is the way I would put it because what we saw yesterday when Purdy went out and they went to Johnson, that's normally the quarterback drop-off you see when you get that far yes. down your depth chart. Yes. So in a way, it was just kind of a feather in the cap for Brock Purdy again. But I guess. It was it was unwatchable, Drek. You know what 49er fans were saying yesterday, right? What's that? Josh Johnson? Johnson? <laughs> That's what they would say after he tried to throw the ball. Right, that too. Yeah. Oh, it cool. sucked that he left with a concussion, but yeah, that game was as soon as oh, he, was, he, hurt, he was. He wasn't it, winning anything anyway. It was over. Yeah, it was over. Uh, in the AFC, Harrison Butker hit a 45-yard field goal with three seconds left to give the Chiefs a 23-20 win over the Cincinnati Bengals in their third AFC championship in the last four years. A hobbled Patrick Mahomes completed 29 of 43 for 326 yards, two touchdowns, and had a five-yard scramble for a first down late in the game. 15 yards got added to that on an unnecessary roughness penalty on Cincinnati's Joseph Osai. That led to the field goal, which, by the way, Butker barely cleared that from 45. There's no way he's making that from... 
No. 60? Yeah, listen, the, the, the fact that a flag was thrown in that situation, yeah, there's no arguing that it was a late hit. There, There is arguing that do you in that situation throw that flag oh, well, if you're an official? We'll have that discussion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Either the Eagles or Chiefs, as we said, will get their second win at State Farm Stadium at Super Bowl 57 uh, in two weeks. And it's the e- – uh, I, was, I, I, I read the line, but now I forget who it was. Who's the early favorite? Philadelphia is the early favorite. Philadelphia is the early favorite. Right? The early favorite. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, reported yesterday the Cardinals quarterback not expected to be uh, – Kyler Murray not expected to be ready for the start of the 2023 season as he rehabs from a torn ACL and meniscus suffered December 12th in a loss to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Rappaport also suggested Murray could miss half of the upcoming season. So there's that to look for. Well, and again, I'm real confused by this report. I mean, we it's all... It's not new. It's not new, but then to claim he could miss half the season, and then he says, there's no rush. And that phrase makes me think, what do you mean there's no rush? It's a matter of when he's healed. What yeah, is? Wh- but he also ended his report by saying, this, this injury has to heal perfectly. So we had been projecting a potential October return, right? I wonder if this is just an emphasis on don't expect him in October either. Look yeah, but what are they basing that on? Great question. He hasn't even like started his rehab yet. That's what I'm saying. Well, he, he has started. He had the instant. Did you see the Instagram but, photo? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. He looked nasty, Gnarly. but of course it's going to. The, uh-huh. this, this close to sir. He only had surgery. Well, he's not going to put 3rd. it on social media if it doesn't look nasty. What <laughs> kind of content is that? Look how good this looks. <laughs> yeah. Check well, out you, look, you look good as good as new. My knee, it's not broken. My yeah. ACL scar looks like a sideways smiley face. It's very cute. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did not get much in terms of a Sean Payton update, although uh, he did speak about his future on the uh, Fox pregame show yesterday about maybe knowing something in, in a week or so. Uh, yeah, uh, or this week. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm real. I'm real interested to see which way this thing is going to drop yeah. uh, because Vic Fangio has been uh, named the defensive coordinator in Miami. And that was going to be Sean Payton's defensive coordinator. Yes, that is true. Um, that's so not- what does that mean? He's going to have to find another coordinator to bring to Arizona mm. <laughs> or something else. Or the in- or the incumbent. He's agreed to let the incumbent defensive coordinator stick around. Maybe. Uh, Dan Quinn decided to spurn all head, co- head coaching offers, uh, including the interest of the Arizona Cardinals last week. He returned to the Dallas Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. However, the Cowboys making a change at OC. Kellen Moore out. Four years on the job, twice led the top-ranked offense in the league in, uh, in those four years. Early reports indicate that head coach Mike McCarthy could take over play-calling duties for Dallas. Interesting development there. Uh, Suns back at home tonight after their road win in San Antonio Saturday night. Phoenix hosting the Toronto Raptors at Footprint Center. Suns back over 500 at 26 and 25. Toronto comes in at 23 and 28, but they've won three of their last four. The Raptors won the matchup in Canada in late December. Tip-off is at seven. Pre- game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Novak Djokovic dusted Stefano Tsitsipas in straight sets in the Australian Open final. Djokovic has now won that tournament 10 times and adds to his collection of Grand Slam titles now at 22, tied for uh, the most in men's tennis history with Rafael Nadal. On the women's side, Arena Sabalenka won her first Grand Slam title, excuse me, uh, defeating Elena Rybakina in uh, three sets to win that title over the weekend. There you go. There's your splash for Monday, January 30th. And we got a lot of football to dive into. Championship Sunday. 
was mixed. <laughs> we'll get into it next. Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Akshin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is second down and five. Ball at the 13. Hurts gives it off against Sanders. Five. Into the end zone. Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. What an unbelievable job. Kelsey joined my lotta off that left side. You can see the alley created on the left side, and Miles Sanders just used his speed to get the ball into the end zone. This will be a 45-yard attempt from the far hash. At eight seconds to go in regulation, Cincinnati does have one timeout left. Harrison Butker, the biggest kick of his Chiefs life. Placement is down. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! 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 Did Cincinnati call timeout? They did not! They did not! They did not! It's a field goal from 45 yards out by Harrison Butker with three seconds to go in regulation. And that thing just hung up in the air. For a long time, but it did cross uh, cross over. The Chiefs win at twenty three twenty. You heard uh, Merrill Reese WIP on the Miles Sanders thirteen uh, yard touchdown run. They did not. They did not. <laughs> what a weird thing to insert in the middle of your call. Did they call timeout? Why is that weird? Because just no, agree, finish, Jared, finish the weird. play call. I, I agree with that. And then you then you look to see if, if they if you're not listening to the game is that's is that a radio call? Yes. If right. you're not listening to the game on the radio, you have no idea what he's. I mean, it, it's you've got to. I agree with you. You've got to deliver what happens and not especially you don't deal such with, a big call. Did he call a timeout or not? Is this going to count or not? Right. It's like oh well, there's a penalty on the play. There's a penalty on the play. Yeah. Kick is good though, but there's a penalty on the play. Yeah. Oh wait. Penalty doesn't matter. The penalty doesn't matter. Game's over. See you, folks. Drive safely. Gamble responsibly. Well, if we're talking about uh, shoddy announcing, can we talk about uh, Tony Romo? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> we might have something on that later on. Uh, two very different ball games on Sunday. Um, like we said in the splash, the San Francisco-Philly game, Bick, when, when Brock Purdy goes out and you're like, oh, no. Goes to the sidelines. You can see him trying to get back in there. Yeah. Uh, they have to go to their fourth-string quarterback, Josh Johnson, who's played on, I don't know, 26 different professional football teams over the course of his career. Yeah, he was not ready. He wasn't ready. No, no, no team is going to thrive in, in that scenario. The, the, the 49ers were the outlier because they got down to their third, and we talked about it for so long going into that game. What a great story it was. And that great story just got the plug pulled on it yes. so early in that game. Yes. Brock Purdy threw the ball four times in the game. Two two times after he came back, which I was actually surprised by. There was t- plays where he was handing off with his off hand. It was it was just such a disappointing. Not, I'm not disappointed that San Francisco lost. Philadelphia mm-hmm. is a fantastic football team, and that defense is absolutely nasty. But just disappointed for everybody involved that we didn't get a better product on the field. It was it was two and a half hours of yeah. unwatchable crap. No, I agree with you. It, it's it's funny because yeah, it, you know, as we in these jobs, we have to devote our days to watching this, and you get into games like that, and you're like, oh great, I've got two and a half hours of of logging this, yes. and it, it's it, it that, that I 
completely share those sentiments exactly. And, and this really is truly the danger of these playoff games when when quarterbacks get hurt or you're playing backups. This is again, this is this is the NFL's worst nightmare because we all see up close and personal um, just how how unique great quarterbacks are in context of their game and their profession and you see how much football falls apart when you get guys back there who cannot sling it. If, you, if you've got no big playability from your quarterback and you've got no command or confidence yeah. or swagger from your quarterback, football becomes unwatchable. Yeah, and we saw it because you know San Francisco, we've talked so much about their diverse running game and how they're able to do it. It's not that diverse when the defense knows it's coming. No, <laughs> no. And and so, so listen, so uh, I'll tell you what, going into that game, to me there was one gigantic question, and that was whether Brock Purdy, with all of the incredible poise he showed taking over his quarterback in San Francisco, could he handle could he handle those elements in that crowd in Philly? And and I guess we're not going to know the answer to that, but I will say this. It did seem to me like Philadelphia's defense was playing more physical. They were Oof. tackling hard. They were more intense than the 49ers. There's no doubt there about it. There was a difference in juice. I mean, the 49ers made a bunch of bad mistakes. A couple of they're really reliable. I thought Drake Greenlaw was absolutely horrific yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just, ter- just and and just punctuating it. The game was already over, but the personal foul he got late in the game, yeah. just like punching the football. Well, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah, and listen, and there were. Th- 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 if you watch the first game, that first game felt a little lopsided in terms of of officiating as well as the second game, and it began with that completion that wasn't to Devontae Smith. Yeah, and and. In the grand scheme of things, if everything else remains the same after that, it's probably not probably that not. big a deal. Yeah. But, I mean, let's focus on that. Early in the game, there's two ways that that can be reviewed. There can be the expedited review from the NFL where they say, hold on, we want to take a look at this. Or there could be a coach's challenge. And let's focus on the second option there. Kyle Shanahan, early in the game, had the red flag in his possession. And I've got to say, like the, the whole coaching staff for the 49ers and the guys in the booth, if Devontae Smith makes that catch and reacts the way that he did getting up and, hey, let's move, let's go, let's and give it hand signals, like let's move this thing along, I'm calling the timeout. And I'm challenging it. Yeah, I don't know why the second, and I don't know who it was, but the second defender in on the play for the 49ers who was following and who was right there, why he didn't demonstratively say that's not complete because he's right there. Yeah, He could have seen what happened. He could have given his sideline a heads up that, look, challenge this. Yeah, that was bizarre. And, and if you're a 49er fan, that is just a gut punch of a wake. Your team basically... They were waving white flags by the end of the game. Putting Brock Purdy back in when he could not throw the ball more than three yards, it was really, really a sad way. And I'll tell you what, I, I don't I don't know who else belongs in this conversation. I'm not sure there's a football team that's had an easier route to the Super Bowl than these Philadelphia Eagles. You get Daniel Jones and you get Josh Johnson. I think it is the third third highest point differential through two rounds of a playoff uh, ever for a team. Okay. Um, and look, Daniel Jones was the starter all year, and the Giants were probably not ready for that stage just yet, even though they had a good season. Yeah. Yeah, you get... Uh, they were considered fool's gold a little bit. Three quarters of Josh Johnson in a conference championship yeah. game. That's about that's about as soft of a runway to a Super yeah. Bowl, I think, as you're ever going to find. Josh Johnson played in both the uh, Alliance of American Football and the XFL. Oof. <laughs> Not a lot of guys. Oof. And he'll probably play in the XFL again. And, the, the and again, <laughs> Hassan Reddick did all of that. He did all... 
all of that. Yeah. And it's once again, that was a tough watch for Cardinal fans because uh, to this day, Cardinal fans do not know who to blame for Hassan Reddick. You could blame Steve Kine, but he drafted him. It was a good pick. Yeah, it was a good pick. To start, and it wasn't a popular pick because of the ascension of Hassan Reddick as a former walk-on. I remember sitting down with him the first time we, we interviewed him, and the story he was amazing. Yeah. yeah, he walked on. His mom had to give him like meal plan money. I mean, th- it was a great story. By the end of his career, he was a force. The Cardinals recognized that. Then three different coaching staffs mismanaged Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then the GM they finally showed a glimpse. Right. And you can blame him on the back end of it. Yeah, that's where you do. You blame him on the back end of it for not exercising that fifth-year option, and then here we go. watching yeah, or letting a, him get away. From, he, there was a, he signed a one-year $8 million contract in Carolina. Yeah, okay. While Steve Kime went out, and this, this might be a controversial thing I'm about to say, invested two years into J.J. Watt. We all loved having J.J. Watt in Arizona, but would you rather have Hassan well, Reddick right now? Yeah, yeah, clearly. Um, and so watching Hassan Reddick yesterday, it was very – it had Max Scherzer vibes to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like watching Max Scherzer throw a no-hitter. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have a lot more on the uh, championship games and a lot of the uh, different uh, aspects of them because, man, there's a lot to pour into. And starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text the word SUPER to 620-620 to register. Once you hear your name, just call in within the time frame and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you'll win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and Super Bowl Experience. That's SUPER, S-U-P-E-R, to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, lots of football that didn't have to do with the uh, Super Bowl combatants, and that is... A coaching surge going on for the Arizona Cardinals. What did one of their top candidates have to say about it this weekend? We'll tell you next. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Sean Payton. Update, update, update. You know what? They always say, be present right where you're at. And I like all yeah, the, I, I like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it's been a, a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it. And and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach won't help. In the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. Sean Payton on the Fox pregame yesterday. Doors still open yeah. as uh, it has been now three weeks since the firing of Cliff Kingsbury. So we're entering week number four of the coaching search. Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, now we, we there's two teams remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco's out. I would expect the Houston Texans to announce their head coaching hire in the next couple days. It seems like it's going to be D'Amico Ryan. So yeah. Said so that from day one. That seems to be very uh, that seems to be all lined up for him. But, you know. Even outside of Arizona, I mean, the Denver situation is weird. Did mm-hmm. you see the report over the weekend? 
that the ownership group and the CEO of the Denver Broncos went back to Ann Arbor, Michigan to try to woo Jim Harbaugh again? I yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and is, so, you, so you do wonder exactly what that is all about and, and what those reports about Sean Payton looking at that ownership group going, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, there's got to be some element of truth to that. So again, it's um, if you follow the story on the media, you, you understand that the mystery team going into the weekend has been outed. That mystery team is the Washington Commanders. There's a, many, many reports that the Commanders might want to pair Sean Payton with Tom Brady. That, to me, I, I don't know if that's a long-term plan. If you're Sean Payton, I'm not sure I get that. How I don't know why you would be a long-term plan. Uh, yeah, yeah, how could it be? And and how how could you go to work for that for that franchise now until you know who's going to be the owner? Yeah, I mean. What's Tom Brady got? Like four, five more years tops? <laughs> yeah, what does he got? Five, six more years tops? Yeah, really. Yeah, right. Uh, like nine, ten years tops? If you are Sean Payton and you walk away voluntarily from coaching and you enter the broadcasting ranks and then you make this big spectacle of entering possibly the coaching ranks again and you've got your pick of five jobs but then a sixth mystery team surfaces and it's Washington and you pick them, you've done it wrong. Yeah, I uh, again, so I, I just don't, uh, I don't know what the appeal would be, unless Sean Payton is a lot more desperate to get a job right here and now than that. The longer this thing goes on, the less I think the Cardinals are a player in this. I know that they've kind of surfaced back the top of the odds, but again, there's nothing holding them back. So maybe Sean Payton, maybe the Cardinals are, look, listen, we'd love to have you. Here's our offer. We'll pay you what you want. And maybe Sean Payton's like, yeah, I got to check with some other guys next week. I'll get back to you. If the Who knows where the thing is, but, but it does seem by Sean Payton's own admission, at least we'll get some clarity this week at some point this week yeah i mean do you feel any differently after hearing those comments yesterday going into this week that maybe the chances are increased for the cardinal no i i think they've decreased i and that's just my gut feeling i just think that if it were going to happen with the cardinals there was a wide open uh there was a wide open opportunity to make it happen saturday before sunday's games and if you really wanted them i don't know what you'd be what the holdup would be other than maybe sean payton has got more stuff he wants to do before he owns and on where he goes. Again, my fear was going into this that that interview with Sean Payton after the hiring of Monty Ossinfurt would be largely pomp and circumstance, inexperience, a learning experience for both sides, Mm -hmm. not actually not not an actionable one. So hopefully I'm wrong. I still think I still think it's the best option by a mile. I do, too. But. We'll see. But you brought up something, too, that could could be a red flag in all of this, not just for the Arizona Cardinals, but for three other teams that have coaching openings right now. And that is, it had been widely reported that Sean Payton's choice, if he did re-enter the coaching ranks, was to have Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio was not a good head coach in Denver. He's a very accomplished defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He goes to Miami to join Mike McDaniel's staff there. What is plan B? Is there a plan B for Sean Payton? Does that well, affect his readiness or desire to enter the coaching ranks this year? There's yeah. so much to consider. It, again, it, it, at some point in time, would you have told me that Miami would fire Mike McDaniel and hire Sean Payton? I know there was a minute where it felt like that was a possibility. It did. Uh, but that doesn't feel like that's what's happening now. And so if Vic Fangio is off the market, that might be that might be a sign from Sean Payton that I'm not taking any of these jobs. Right. Because if Vic Fangio had had attached his proverbial wagon to Sean Payton, now suddenly he takes a job in Miami, then yeah. something's changed. Then, yeah. then Sean Payton is giving him a heads up saying, you better go get a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so he did. 
And so again, it, it's would that preclude him from coming to Arizona? No, you got a you got a guy in Vance Joseph who I'm almost quite certain would be happy being DC again next year. I don't think Vance Joseph is going to throw a, a fit if he's not named head coach and storm out of the organization. Some people would. He might. I just don't think he is. He's that type of guy. So I, yeah, I think to, to me, that might be the case regardless of, of who takes over at head coach. Vance maybe. Joseph could still be the DC. Yeah, yeah hate to be that because then is then then you look. There's a certain stigma and perception gets attached to a guy. You have to really like a situation because again, if if Vance Joseph is sticking around, you you, you would think he'd be sticking around on the premise that one day that job will be mine. Well, if it's not now, when would it ever be? This is the perfect time for him to be that guy. So so if he doesn't get the head coaching job in Arizona now, I'm not certain why he'd stay here unless it was a sheer lack of options or or just a personality thing. Well, Love living here. I mean, if you if you read the tea leaves, too, the, the fact that analytically, statistically, the Cardinals' defense did not perform well. Now, you have to look deeper than the numbers to see what Vance Joseph's influence was this year. We all think that that the defense still somehow overachieved. Mm -hmm. Enough so to where Vance Joseph is respected and liked enough in the organization after a year like they just had to garner a a head coaching interview opportunity. Um, So, you know, Vance Joseph... You know, I I agree with your assessment. He wouldn't storm out of the building. I don't think there was any burning loyalty to Cliff Kingsbury. Let's let's go back to square one with Cliff Kingsbury. He didn't have any NFL contacts. Vance Joseph was a Steve Keim hire. Yeah. So I I think that's all that's all possible. But I look at this now with still only three weeks into this pick, only one coaching position filled. And we talked about the Broncos maneuvers, what Indianapolis is doing, interviewing everybody under the sun. It's impossible for me right now to, and just the sheer length of time that it's taking for these teams to fill these positions, they can call it due diligence and, uh, you know, casting a wide net, whatever phrase you want to use. Uh-huh. I think it's overwhelmingly an, an underwhelming crop of, of head coaching candidates this, this year outside of Sean Payton. And I think, Teams might be struggling with that right now. Yeah, you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I think there there might be something to that. Um, so yeah, the teams might be struggling with that as well. Uh, so I, I think in the case of the Cardinals, I, I do think that um, what was announced over the weekend relative to Kyler Murray and and that as well, he might not be back to midseason. If you're a guy like Sean Payton, you've got to ask yourself, okay, if Sean Payton were to sign off on the number one thing he'd have to sign off on, I agree to take on this 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 quarterback conundrum you have in Arizona. I'm going to commit myself to making this right. If he were to do that, he would have to come in here and install an offense and get a guy ready to play his offense for the first X amount of games before Kyler Murray is even here. And then there's the factor of will Kyler Murray even be here during the offseason rehabbing? I, to me, if you were looking for a reason not to take the job, that would be a reason not to take it. Mm-hmm. That you're going to basically punt on half of a season before you even get yeah. your hands on Kyler Murray. In today's NFL, you get a job, you've got to hit the ground running. Yeah. That doesn't always guarantee success, but you want all of your ducks in a row. And if your ducks aren't in a row for maybe half a season or more, it, mm-hmm. it would be a huge turnoff, yeah. a yeah. huge deterrent. Right. So, uh, again, I'm not sure what's going to come out of it. I was really hoping we were going to get something late Friday, Saturday. By the time I went to bed on Saturday night and nothing had happened, I'm like, okay, I think that's probably the end 
of this. So I don't know. We'll find out. The other option is just to, uh, you know, with a seventh round pick, Mm -hmm. draft a quarterback and have him turn into a guy who could take you to the NFC championship game. (laughs) Well, that, yeah. I mean, keep him healthy in that game, though. There's a trend now. I mean, that's entirely possible. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, there is a very powerful motivational tool in today's NFL. Then it was on display this weekend. What are we talking about? The disrespect card. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Murata. Hash marks. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Pierval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank uh, you. That was late last week. Uh, Cincinnati Mayor Aftab Pierval and his uh, political trash talk going into the AFC championship yeah. game. And, man, did that get a lot of attention oh. in the Kansas City locker room. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it did. <laughs> Uh, Public service announcements to all politicians. Can you normally do what you normally do, which is ignore the people who elect you and accept money from lobbyists and work for corporations and ignore the people who actually voted you into office? Go back to doing that. When it comes to sports? Yeah. Yes. Stay Exactly. Go back to, to, to the con that you run and stay out of sports. You want to make a friendly wager with another politician from the lo- locality, the, the municipality that you're playing? Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Chili versus ribs. Yeah, we've something. all rolled no. our eyes at that before, but come on. Yeah. Bulletin the, board material. And again, I, I do like I do like Burrowhead Stadium as far as trolling goes. That's about as good as it gets. But Even but, in the pregame, they were like, hey, here's my... Mike Hilton, who came up with Burrowhead. Yeah, it's like, actually very, very good. Uh, but, but yes, you don't need you don't need mayors, th- you know, throwing gas onto the fire. Yeah. Are you telling? In, in other words, you're, you're telling the mayor to know his role, in a way. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I, I knew Jared would be into this story because there's there's wrestling undertones. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. (laughs) You got to fight for your right to party. I don't know whose side to be on here, the mayor or (laughs) Travis Kelsey. Throwing the twenty-year-old uh, Beastie Boys, the, 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 the jabroni, oh, the forty-year-old Beastie okay. Boys song, and the twenty-year-old okay. uh, wrestling terminology. Um, they know your role and shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, jabroni. Andy Reid made uh, reference to what the Cincinnati mayor said. Our guys did a great job of not going that direction. I, you know, the, their mayor, their mayor said it all, and uh, you know. So I'm glad our mayor just did what he did, and uh, yeah, some people heard it. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes after the game, and Patrick Mahomes gutted it out basically on one leg and played a really good football game, but had this to say. Yeah, I think guys were probably the most pumped up I'd seen them going into a football game. A lot of trash talk coming from a lot of different places. I think no one picked us to win. If so, it was like 5% of people, um, and uh, we think we've built up enough uh, enough respect to, to have a chance to go out and win every game. So uh, whenever you feel like you're the underdog, when you're playing at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, it gets guys ready to go. I I hate this duplicity of when you're on top, we don't care what anybody thinks of us. And when this, you get a little bit of adversity or maybe you're not picked to cruise to a championship, all this adversity bubbles up and then all of a sudden you care what 95% of the people pick. It is so tired. Yeah. Orlando Brown interrupted an on-field interview right after the game that Patrick Mahomes was doing and said, respect this man. Who's not respecting Patrick Mahomes? Well, again, it's it's th- th- this has to be coming from someplace, and so w- these football players, yeah, you watch Hard Knocks, you you see football teams have about uh, one coach for every what eight nine guys seems like maybe maybe more maybe less. They're all screaming the same thing as th- same things to these players' ears. Every last one of them. Nobody respects you. You prove the world wrong, and so they get brainwashed like anybody else. It, it's 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 the messaging. It's the lack of creative messaging they hear on a daily basis from yeah, football coaches point. who have six brain cells in their heads and have nothing else to say. <laughs> Bickley going full flamethrower on politicians and football coaches well, in the span I, again, of five minutes. I'm sorry, but but again, when you hear this nonsense coming from a team that is a perennial Super Bowl candidate, it's insanity. I, I mean, from, from a team that is covered, talked about, and beloved so much that everybody thought the refs were rigging the game for yes, them. Yes, right. That's how much they're That's not right. disrespected. That's Maybe right. we're just jaded on this show. I, Maybe we should be basking in the glow of the Kansas City Chiefs shocking the world last night. Uh, maybe it's us. I don't know. I heard Patrick Mahomes in an interview after the game. He said, everybody picked us to lose. And I thought, what? What, what did you just say? You're playing an AFC championship game at home and you're thinking people picked you to lose? Wait, what did he say? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Vinny's right. This, uh, how, where do they get this stuff? How, how can they even utter this in, in, with a straight face? I'm so tired of it. Nobody believes in us, man. <laughs> Nobody. That's what you think? Not the 80,000 fans that uh, lined up at 7 o'clock in the morning to tailgate and watch your team win? I know. It's just so ridiculous. Come on. Come up with something a little original for once. Um, I I don't understand. I, I always say this. Why can't they go with the angle? Everybody thought we were going to win, and that puts a lot of pressure on us. And we had to live up to these expectations, and we're you know because that's not to Big's point. That's not the messaging they get. I think Big's point is incredibly valid. Yeah, nobody picks you to win. Yeah, nobody respects you. That's what it is. They're coming into your. Yeah. They, they've renamed this place Burrowhead. Nobody respects it's you. It's the assistant to the assistant to the assistant coach. Uh, who who coaches outside linebackers? You know what? It's it's those guys. You see it every time you watch Hard Knocks. Yeah, it's Sean all Jefferson. they feed these guys. It's it, all they feed them. It's Sean Jefferson on the sidelines hyping up all the players and stuff. 
And it's not just that. It's you just watch any you watch any hard knock. This is what they this is it's the same thing with every boxing fighter. How many fighters in boxing have heard a trainer do it for your dead mother? Come on! <laughs> do it for your dead mom! And you're like, that's all you can come up with? You train fighters for a living, and this is what comes out of your mouth? <laughs> Do it for your dead mom! <laughs> She's watching! Do it for her honor! You know, we really... And the guy's it. like, dude, come on, I'm getting my ass kicked. Will you get out of my face with that? And then he's like, and by the way, we didn't really get along that well. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, she really wasn't my biological she mother. She abandoned me when I was five. I was a little five. tension in the late years. <laughs> Right? I know she's looking up at you. We had an uncomfortable Christmas I know. once. I know. She's actually not dead. She's in the front row. Hi, Mom. <laughs> yeah, so if we can eliminate, <laughs> so if we can eliminate two things coming out of this weekend, yeah. and that is mm-hmm. the political stuff. Yeah. Because last week we talked about Willie Gay and what he said about Cincinnati. And Willie Gay was asked going into that game, what impresses you about the Cincinnati offense? And he said, nothing. And we're like, eh, that might come back to blow up in your face. It didn't, but at least he's a combatant. At least he's on the field. So let's get rid of the political stuff leading into the game. And let's get rid of this just leaning on the disrespect card after the Kansas City Chiefs are basically an AFC dynasty at this point. Yeah. To or, the point where I've grown how about tired this? of them. How, not just this game. How about let's stop talking about politics and and whack motivational skills entirely. <laughs> entirely. Let's just ban it all from our existence. You know what, Bick? Come Hold on, on, man. Nobody believed in you, man. We got three, Nobody believed in we you. We got three hours left in this show today. Nobody thinks we can do a show. Nobody does. We proved him wrong, Vinny. <laughs> 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 right? So stupid. Uh, four-time Super Bowl champion and NFL legend Rob Gronkowski is bringing Gronk Beach to Talking Stick Resort February 11th. Gronk will bring his infamous end zone dance moves. And uh, 21 Savage will be there. Little John, many more. Head to the uh, contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets and complete event details. Coming up next, we'll get more into that NFC Championship game. And one of the aspects of it was the havoc created by a former Arizona Cardinal. That and more next. Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.